0: Have you been considering taking your horse or Western photography passion to the next level? Hi, it's Kara with Cowgirls with Cameras, and I want to tell you about our Cottonwood Ranch photography experience in August. This experience is a workshop, portfolio builder, business clinic and gathering set in the majestic scenery of the Nevada mountains. This event is learning intensive and full of shooting opportunities that feature ranch work, western horses, cowboys, cowgirls, horses, and dogs. You'll walk away feeling more confident in your camera, editing, and business skills, shoot a few thousand images, and gain new friends in the process. Our events are always focused on collaboration over competition, and our three instructors, myself, Kim Beer, and Phyllis Bruchette, are all deeply passionate about seeing you reach your photography goals. To learn more about this event and other photography adventures we have coming up, head over to cowgirlswithcameras.com.
1: It's time to laugh, learn, and take your photography to the next level with your favorite cowgirls with cameras, Kara, Kim, and Phyllis. Welcome to the Cowgirls with Cameras podcast. I'm Kim with Kim Beer Photography and Be More Business.
2: I'm Kara with Fast Horse Photography. And I'm Phyllis with Phyllis Bruchette Photo. Good morning, guys. Hey, good
1: morning. Welcome home, Phyllis. Are you
0: feeling a little drowsy and sleepy this morning? Are you jet lagged <laughs> after your big trip home last
2: night? I'm something. I'm not sure what it is. <laughs>
0: I'm kind of in a la-la mood. Well, our text stream yesterday when we were laughing about how we were so ambitious about getting up super early this morning to get this recording done. I think when we planned that, you weren't thinking about how exhausted you were going to be after your long trip home from Iceland last night.
2: Yeah. When I sent the text to confirm the time, I was like, is 7.30 a.m. correct? (laughs) can't be, can it? Well, then I was sitting there going, it
0: cannot That's be That's a mistake, correct, right? <laughs>
1: it's got to be a mistake.
0: Surely we weren't that ambitious.
1: <laughs> oh, but it's a busy summer, so we had to be. Oh, well, it's ha- I'm happy to see all your faces. It's good to see you guys, too. And welcome home, Phyllis. How was Iceland? Was it fun? Was it beautiful? Iceland was amazing of
2: course I of just course. got as we just spoke about I just got off the plane last night and came home and I was so fortunate because I had my dog sitter they actually brought my dog home for me so she was here nice. to welcome me at the door that was very nice and we had a really super great a really great group of, of girls again we had two girls from Canada they were pairs I mean they were pairs as far as I had six girls so they were all like each two were friends so oh, but fun! it was such a cohesive group. Everybody got along. We laughed and ate a lot. The chef at the farm is amazing. And he's like seriously a five-star chef and um, yeah. prepared some wonderful meals for us. And we, of course, ate way too much. The farm was just great. They always roll out the red carpet for us and sauna, what I call our head wrangler. Well, she's pregnant now, so she didn't get to write as much, but she took great care of us again. And we had some great wranglers at the farm that took care of getting the horses moved around and they took us to the river crossing and we went to three waterfalls with different wow. chutes and the canyon chute which is another river crossing and then of course the lupin fields and with the horses you know and the pretty flowers it was great it was really really great of course i did what i tell people not to do i bought a brand new camera right before i left and <laughs> <laughs> And so I took it with me. (laughs) Well, you know, you're going to jump right into using it. Yeah, it's like a baby brother to the Z9, to the Nikon Z9. So it's the Z8 and it just came out. And of course, because I'm a Nikon professional services member, I was able to get one of the first ones. And I was just really lucky, though, because when they said it was seriously the baby brother to the Z9, it really was. It was a lot of the settings were the same and I had no issues using a brand new camera. So that was pretty exciting. The learning curve wasn't bad at all. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So that's all I have to add this week as far as what I've been doing. I've been in Iceland since the 12th, so.
0: (laughs) Well, I was definitely having some FOMO watching your videos that you're posting and the pictures of the horses going in front of a waterfall. I mean, is there any place else in the world where you can get amazing like horses in front of the waterfall? Like, I don't think I've ever seen that before. It's just so incredible And such a beautiful experience. And all of your participants are so lucky they got to go. I'm very jealous and hope one day to get to join you out there.
2: I think one day we should just, the three of us should go for a girls trip one year. Yes. I like that. If I can get you two on an airplane.
0: I like that. I can think
2: of a couple other people we could
0: bring with us and really have a good party out there.
2: (laughs) Well, you can have a party anyway. So.
0: Well, I've been doing a little bit of traveling as well. Not as much as you. I've been doing family travel. So we took a trip to Denver, my husband and my son and I. And we basically played for, I don't know, four or five days at Rocky Mountain National Park. That was the first time I had ever really spent time there. So we did the Trail Ridge Road where you go all the way through and across and up into the tundra. And that was so cool. And we saw all the animals that you want to see except for the bighorn sheep. I looked everywhere and couldn't find one of those. Mm. They must be pretty elusive. But we saw moose, and we saw deer, and we saw elk, and the yellow-bellied marmots were quite a east and was in love. Like, we were laughing so hard because they were everywhere. Just the cutest little animals. We had the best time. We had a cute little cabin, and had a. it was just a really chill, reconnecting, fun family time. And then this week, tomorrow, I am leaving to go to Tennessee to have like a family reunion with my family. So since it's my family, it may or may not be enjoyable. We'll have to wait and see. (laughs) But I am going to make the, I'm going to be a positive, going into it positive. So it's going to be pretty scenery and hopefully the weather will be nice for us. And we've had a lot of company. So we've had a lot of people staying with us over the last couple of weeks. So it's been busy That way, which has really got the work side of things in kind of like a crazy place. I've been doing a bunch of in person mentoring, in person sales mentoring via Zoom, which has been really good. And I've had a bunch of shoots scheduled, which I think I mentioned before. It's normally slower for me, but I'm still booking into summer, which feels a little strange. But because the weather has been so awful, like we're in a rainy season, a lot of them have been rescheduled. A couple of times. So just fingers crossed I can get those knocked out in the next month. And then yesterday I delivered a huge art installation to one of my really good clients that lives a couple hours away. And I just took a ton of art out there. It was a lot of fun. We did a big unboxing. And the only downside is some of the canvases I use, they're huge and they come in these big crates. And I feel like the safest way to transport them is in the crates. So I don't take them out of the crates prior to delivery. And one of them was damaged when we arrived. So wow. it was very sad to go through all the process of delivering it, which was a couple hours away, unboxing it and it had a damaged corner and then having to rebox it and then take it away from my clients again. So i got to deal with that today, trying to get it replaced. So yeah, it's
1: just been a lot. It's been a lot this week. What about you, Kim? I have been seeing a ton of Gestalt and hypnosis clients. I've been working with some very interesting people, helping them get out of their own way and find the little synchronicities that can really help them get in alignment with where they want to go. And it's such rewarding work to do that and to see see the difference that it makes for people being able to really work towards achieving their dreams creatively and in life and in their business. So that's been a great part of the last few weeks. The weather here in Missouri has been very pleasant. And so there's been a lot of equine sessions as well as a lot of sessions in Kansas City. As a photographer, I got to have a somewhat interesting experience. I do not photograph many just People. (laughs) Like 98% of what I photograph has an animal in it. And in general, if there's not an animal in it, it's animal adjacent. So. It's very rare for me to photograph in an actual studio setting with just a person. But I did have one of those shoots this week and I've shared a few photos with Kara, but it was a very interesting experience and I had a really fun time because it was a shoot designed around this lady's success in a program that she has been for the past year. It happens to be a client of mine's client, and it was so much fun. I had a really good time with the two of them. There was a makeup artist involved. And it was just a very different photo shoot for me to be in the middle of downtown Kansas City and this industrial area with this very interesting studio with about a million different furniture choices and setups. So I had a lot of fun with that one and enjoyed it. Those images are really
0: pretty. I enjoyed seeing them.
1: Again, just like seeing my clients in the Gestalt and Hypnosis work, like, make such a transition in their lives. I've been present in a little bit for this lady's journey from beginning to where she is here. And she was an amazing human before she started this journey. And she has just leveled it up so big. And I think the photos capture that. It's a fun thing to do. So I I don't know if I would want to do it every day of the week, but it definitely was a nice diversion from a lot of other things that I've been up to. So yeah, just been doing it. I've been working on my book and my YouTube channel. I'm working on my Creative Amplifiers book. So I'm very excited. I don't know if that'll be the Final name for it, but deep into that. Oh, and I also have been writing some cowgirl poetry. I have been trying to get that little book finished. I have a few more poems I need to finish before I can get my chapbook done. So, yeah, just a lot of creativity going on around here at the beer household.
2: <laughs> it sounds like it.
1: it. Sounds like, as always, the overachiever is.
2: I know. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I know. Making us all look
2: bad. Yeah, making <laughs> us look bad. Well,
1: <laughs> What? I'm just living my life over here.
2: (laughs) I didn't even, I was telling Kara, I didn't even take a laptop with me to Iceland. I I didn't even switch out uh, memory cards. Whatever was in my cameras is what I shot. She
0: used one memory card the whole time she was in Iceland. What kind of photographer does that?
2: I still got plenty of images, but I have big memory cards.
0: <laughs> well, Kim, before your Creative Amplifier books come out, we should definitely do a podcast episode on that subject cuz that would be a great one for photographers. Have we done that already? <laughs> we already did that, Kira. <laughs> we did <do> that. <laughs> yeah. I was Let's thinking do we'd done that. <laughs> Maybe you should oh, listen well. to it. What are we talking about
1: today? <laughs> Speaking of which go back and listen to it. (laughs) Speaking of which, (laughs) you guys have to forgive us. Kara and I do so many podcast episodes between this podcast and the business animal we do forget what we have recorded. And we have this conversation at the Business Animal quite frequently. It's like, didn't we do an episode <laughs> on that? And we'll go back and look and like, yep, we sure did. Or no, we didn't. How the heck did we miss that particular topic over 100? And yeah. you do 120-something episodes of a podcast. It all blends together after a little while. <laughs> yes, it does. Oh, goodness.
0: Well, what are we talking about today? Developing your style. Oh, that's right. Developing your style as a photographer. So This is an interesting topic, and I'm glad we're talking about it today. I think I'm going to go through and do a little bit of like, what does it even mean to have a style? And then I'll turn it over to you, Phyllis. So, for photographers, having a distinctive style typically refers to having a recognizable approach or a look that is consistently present in your work. So, I think about this a lot because I'll be scrolling through social media and I'll a lot of times know, oh, that's a Phyllis picture. Oh, that's a Kim picture before I even actually check to see who it belongs to. There's a lot of photographers that I love and follow and I can recognize their work. But the thing is, is I don't always know why I recognize it. Like, what is it that makes their work look like their work? Like what makes a Phyllis picture look like a Phyllis picture? And I don't always know what that is. I just know that there's something that is saying to me, that's Phyllis, that's her style. Or that's Kim, that's her style. A couple of some of our other friends, I think about Terry Cage. I always see Terry's work and know it's Terry's. My friend Betsy at Ride the Sky, I always know her work. And Tracy at Penny Whistle. Like there are people that just pop up, I see the work and I know it's theirs before. And I think to myself, why do I know it's their work? And so that's kind of what we're talking about today. It's about having a style. So a lot of times I think when we think about having a style, it's oftentimes referred to as simply an editing style. So people might say, you know, oh, the way that they edit their image. And there was a while, and I I think it's simmering down a little bit, where you would hear photographers talk about, oh, I'm a, a light and airy photographer, or I'm a dark and moody photographer. And so they're really talking about, I just feel like that your style is so much more than simply the way that you edit an image or maybe the preset that you choose to slap on the top of your picture. It's so much more than that. So for me, I like to think about having a style or having a photographer's style That it includes more than just editing. It includes the way a photographer sees and captures their subjects. So it might have to do with the mood of the image created. It might have to do with the way that the photographer uses light. And that can include artificial light. So it might be the way they use natural light, the way they use shadows, and then also the way that they bring in off-camera lighting or artificial lighting to create their light and to create the mood of the image. It might also have to do with composition. There are photographers that have really unique ways that they compose their imagery and compose their subjects, and that is something that becomes a part of their style. And now it could also be the way that they edit images, of course. So maybe they have a specific color palette that they use when they're editing, or maybe they prefer an image that has more saturation or more contrast or less saturation. There just can be a lot of things in that. Maybe they like a sharper image, just the way that they use their editing at the end. And this can even include, like we talked about niches recently, I think it can even include subject matter. I've seen photographers that are very specific with their subject matter and the way that they use their subject matter as part of their style. So just think about it in terms of that. And I would love to challenge folks that when they're listening to this episode to think about the work that they see and the other photographers that they follow and even their own work. And what are some components of that that's consistent throughout that could be considered a style? Phyllis, I know you're going to talk a little bit about why this even matters. I'll let you jump into that.
2: Of course, a lot of what you just said really kind of resonates into why uh, developing Mm -hmm. a style even matters too. So capturing... Photos in a way that reflects your own style and creative vision is really the best way, like Kara said, to set your work apart from everyone else's. It's a way to create images that stand apart. And that's what's going to make you successful as a photographer in business, is to make your images stand out from everyone else's in some way. I think style is kind of like a real subtle fingerprint of your like creative mark on the world. And it defines your work as uniquely yours regardless of what subject matter you're shooting some of it like Kara said has to do with how you shoot some of it is related to how you edit but the end result is still the same the goal is to convey a specific feeling or an emotion when people look at your work and to strive to actually constantly to perfect that that look and to be consistent with it and as Kara said does style really matter Well, I think it does because you want to stand out. When clients are investing considerable time and money and energy and to having images created. They want to enjoy the results for years to come and have this work hanging in the house. And of course, it matters greatly to have your own personal style and your work show. Another thing I think too is a consistent style really depicts a superior level of expertise. I really believe that. When you have a style across the board, it really sets you apart and makes you look like you really know what you're doing. And it's not something that just happens. It's something that develops over time. And you may change your style several times while you're going through the process from beginner to advanced. When we're first getting started in our earlier stages of our career, we're still finding our style. And there's nothing wrong with that to change and grow and learn. And there's so many different approaches until you actually find the one style that fits for you. And then you may do that style for a while and you may change it a little bit or tweak it or improve it. Experienced photographers have honed their style over Of course, many, many years of practice, study, and defining their own personal preferences. I think we all take it very seriously and make very conscious decisions about how we shoot, what equipment we use, what clients we work with. That could even be part of your style (laughs) and what images that we show on our website. So make sure that your images reflect your style that you show and be very careful about picking the correct images to showcase on your website.
0: That's so important because like when I meet with my clients face-to-face, one of the parts of my contract that we talk about that's in my contract is about the style. And I will always ask them, have you spent a sufficient amount of time reviewing my work and understanding my style? And then I'll say to them, this is important because my job is to provide you with a product that is consistent with my style. And I'm not going to suddenly change everything that I'm doing halfway through this process and you're going to get something that doesn't represent what you've seen. And so I need my clients to understand this is my style. This is the level of work Mm -hmm. that I produce and that they should expect that. And they shouldn't expect me to create a Phyllis
2: picture or a Kim picture. They should expect a fast horse picture. So that's such a good point to bring up. Yeah. Well, that was my, I was going to say my next point was most of the time a client will most likely choose you as a photographer based on your style of photography. And like Kara said, whether like bright color saturated images or a darker style of photography, which I consider maybe low key, high key, which, you know, I think bright and colors, you know, it just depends on how like if you're doing high key, they may have a lot more Bright areas in their house if they have more low-key then they might have more dark areas and you're right each one elicits a different kind of emotion from the viewer most of the time clients will pick a style that's consistent with their personal aesthetic if you're a bright and airy photographer but they like dark and moody or more of a low-key they may not pick you and there's nothing wrong with that they're not your client the gallery of images delivered to your client should always reflect the style that you are known for I think. And that's, I think that's about all I really have to say. I'm kind of not all here this morning. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you little jet lag there, fellas. I think you, you did give us a little some, maybe. <laughs> just give some great tips on why this is both of you, I think is why it's important. And I know that there's probably people out there asking the question to themselves, you know, what is my style, especially if you're newer photographer, or you're new to presenting yourself as a photographer for business. So for other people, and other people are choosing you to be their photographer. I want to let everybody know style is something that I think develops over time. Uh, neither Phyllis or I or Kara got to where we are and how we shoot our images overnight. And I'm going to tell you, I don't know for the other two of you, and I'll pose this question to you, but for me, it wasn't always a conscious decision. <laughs> so some of it was, some of it, like I do like saturated colors. I like to see if I'm going to shoot, I made this decision years ago very consciously. If I'm going to shoot in color, I want the colors to be rich and very detailed. That's my, of course, I like vibrant and joyful imagery. So that really fits with me. But other parts of my style that eventually showed up for me as a photographer were not like super conscious decisions about how I shoot images. What about the two of you? Were you super conscious in what you chose as your style or did some of that just develop naturally as you progressed as a photographer?
0: For me, I think when I first started, style was more on the back end. Like I had more control over how I processed my images. And then as I further developed as a photographer, I think that my style started to be represented in the way that I composed my images. So like my people with horses and how I put them together and then how I composed that within the scene. So I feel like that's something that has developed further along and is still developing for me. So those elements, I think for me came after I started thinking about the back end. So it took a while for all of, cause there's so many more components to your style than just the way that you edit an image. But I remember when I first started, that to me felt like that's where your style was, was it's how you edit your images. Whereas there's so much more thought that needs to be put in with the way you use light, the way you compose your image, you know, the subject matter, all of that. Came later and has progressed over
2: time. I think I'm going to have to somewhat agree because I think for me personally, style had a lot to do with what I liked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But my problem is that I love high key, I love low key, <laughs> I love all different kinds of styles. So I think I still try to incorporate my own personal editing into whatever mood that image and I look at an image or the scene and think is this going to look better as a high key or a low key does that make sense what I'm saying I mean I don't always go that I'm a light and airy because I wouldn't consider myself a light and airy photographer but I love high key images I love black and white high key and I do a lot of that for my art images so I think I pick the scene and think about what I think is going to look the best for that scene So I might be a little bit more all over the board as far as my style goes, maybe. Well, I think that that process for you has given you a cohesive look because
0: you're thinking about the way that you're setting those images up. And when you're shooting that, you're thinking about how you're going to process that on the back end. Like you're already saying to yourself, this is going to be super moody. I'm going to do this in black and white, or I'm going to do it in high key. And I see all these light areas and how they're going to be represented. So you're setting that up so that your style, it's the way that you're doing the image from original setup to final process. So that's why your imagery, when you look at it, if it's a black and white, that's, you know, in high key, or it's a, moody sunset scene. I mean, that's why it still looks like your work.
1: The thing that I notice about Phyllis's style is if you look through her imagery, she removes the distractions that allow the person to focus Mm -hmm. on a singular thing in the image. And that singular thing is the beauty of Western lifestyle. And I know that as equine photographers, we hang out with each other which sometimes makes us all feel like we're a little bit of a duplicate of each other because we're shooting the same subject matter. And one of the two of you or both of you mentioned that in your style, your subject matter matters. Like that's part of who you are. Mm -hmm. If you step outside of our little equine photographer bubble and go hang out with like the broader community of photographers, your style is a lot clearer because it also is contained within the subject matter that you shoot. But when I look over Phyllis's image, yes, some is high key, some is low key, but every single image with a rare exception has a softness to it. It has a gentle feel. It has that feel that happens in the Western lifestyle and that beautiful moment that happens between horse and rider or uh, rancher and livestock, and all of the images have been cultivated so that they have such a beautiful singular focus, and that focus is offered with little distraction, which I think constitutes what I would recognize as Phyllis's style. And when I look at your images, Kara, you nailed the style on the head with the how you pose your rider, how you pose the person with the horses is a big component in your style choices, because you have a set way that you do that. And it's absolutely stunningly beautiful. And I know that there's a lot that you have to offer your mentees in helping them understand How you achieve the look that you achieve, and then for them to go modify that on their own. The none of the goal, I think, for any of us as photography instructors is to create duplicates of ourselves. What we want to do is get you to understand all of the range of choices that are out there and then flow into the one that works the best for you, the one that you like, because style is. Ideally, and ultimately, your personal choice as much as it is anything else. And just having a style does not mean that you can't break that style for a specific client. There are many times where I will break a style because a client asks for it or shows me an image that they want to have created that maybe wouldn't be something that I would pick, but they're the client and they're paying for the shoot. And I can technically execute that. And for those of you, I do wanna mention on the technical side of things, you do need to have a good technical understanding of photography and your camera equipment and your editing process in order to really fully be able to develop your style because that's where all those components come from. So if you feel like you're struggling with this a little bit as a photographer or going, I don't know exactly how I would do that, then check in on your technical skills And see if there's any place in there that you need to like fill in a gap that you might take that knowledge to the next level. Photography is an art and a science that you learn in layers. It doesn't usually happen all of the sudden. In other words, one day you don't pick up a camera and suddenly by the end of that day, even reading a manual or going to an event, know everything about it. It happens in stages and in layers. So If you're struggling with that, you may be at that point when you need to, I guess, level up a little bit on your technical skills and that will help you determine your style. One of the things that I want everyone to realize is that if you've been shooting for a while and you're sitting here questioning in yourself, what is my style? What is it that I've already developed and If you've done that with a decision, like I did with the color imagery years ago, to say, if I'm going to shoot in color, I want those colors to be joyful and beautiful, then You can identify that, but there may be other elements in your photography or in the way that you pose your images, pose the people, pose your subject, compose your images together or a certain technique that you use or a certain set of presets. I know that I see a lot of photographers have a certain set of things that they always do to every single image that they shoot. So they have a very consistent look. If you're wondering, you know, like, what is that for me? Go back and look over the body of your work. And look what you're doing consistently. When you look at your complete body of work, what does that look like? So I encourage you to go to Phyllis's Instagram and also Kara's Instagram, because Instagram is a great place to get a body of work in front of you. And then go to your and other photographers, by the way. Don't just stop at Phyllis and Kara. Go visit other photographers as well and see what is consistent across their body of work on social media cuz it's a great place to do that and then go back and look at your own work look at all of the squares look at the overall appearance of the images on social media when they're all laid next to each other and start to identify what are the commonalities across all of those images and yes you're going to have outliers you are going to have photos that lie outside of your style every photographer does. But what you're going to notice is you're going to notice there are certain elements, elements in how you edited that image, elements in how you pose the images and how you set it up in composition, in lighting, in all of the choices that you make. What are the things that are showing up across the body of your work, when you look at it all next to each other. That's where you are developing your style. That's where the style is starting to come in and show up. Now, the question to ask yourself is, Is do I like what is showing up here? Now, obviously, probably the answer to that is yes, because you put it on social media. But Ideally, what you want to look at is, okay, now what of those things do I really love? And how can I consciously place that in more of my photography so that it is more consistent even than it is already? And to be able to make that something that people can recognize. Because in the end, style is to a photographer what branding is to a business. It's the way you are recognizable to the rest of the world. And that's really key and important if you want your imagery to be publicly available. And especially if you're wanting to sell fine art prints or do things like that, you want to have the recognizability to say, that's my image. A lot of painters and sculptors and other artists that are not directly in the photography arts, they have unique ways of putting things forward that are very recognizable. So we all have our favorite artists. And and that's another thing with style, go to an art gallery <laughs> and walk around. If you want to start to understand style better, spend some time inside of an art gallery either modern art or historical art whatever you want to do. Another place that I think our style comes out, that we start to recognize our style is through what our clients share with us about our images. I know for me in particular, when my clients look at the images and they reply back, about the capture of the connection between humans and animals. That is a consistent response that I get from my clients. So it's an important one to me to show in my work, the relationship that forms between an animal and that animal's human. And that's a key component. And my clients have pointed it out multiple times about my ability to be able to capture that. And that's important to me. So being able to have that be part of my style is really, really important. So another thing I would encourage you to do, another exercise I would encourage you to do is to take one photo and style it in multiple different ways. Look at what you do like and what you don't like. Refine it and then take what you like and add it. together and kind of incorporate it into your quote-unquote style. And the things that you don't like, learn to start to work around those. One of the most interesting things that I find in doing our events is that we'll have between 10 to 12 to 14 photographers shooting exactly the same thing. Now, a certain number of them do get that exact same shot. And it's kind of funny when we see each other's work on the covers of magazines or something. It's like, I have that photo too. (laughs) Yeah, but I can usually
0: pinpoint who it belongs to. Yeah, When I see it in a magazine or I see it on a billboard, like when we saw the billboard of Terry's, like I remember saying from Powderhorn, I said, that looks like a Terry image. And it was a Terry image because I messaged her and I was like, is this you? And she said, it Mm -hmm. is.
1: Yeah. And Erin has a very, Erin Kathleen photography. She has a very distinct style to her images as well. So it's another photographer to go look at on Instagram as Erin Kathleen. But, you know, the other thing is, is that when we put the slideshow together, and we almost always do that at the end of every event that we do, we put a slideshow of all the photographers work so that the models and the ranch can see what we've done. And it always amazes me when we look through that. I'm always ooing and eyeing over our students' work and going, wow, you saw that completely differently than I did. So the same scene can be seen in so many different ways. And it's a really educational experience when you are with a bunch of other photographers, it teaches you to see it a little bit differently. In the end of the day, that's what we're all wanting to do is we wanna capture a moment in time so that people can see it through our eyes and the way that we wanted to interpret that moment for our memory as well as for everyone else's. So if you are working towards finding your style, spend a little time shooting a scene in the way that you would typically do it and then get out of your comfort zone a little bit and shoot around it and see if there's something further. You want to develop into your style. Like I said, I think some of this is a really conscious decision. And then other things are more open for interpretation and will develop over time. As you become old photographers like Phyllis and I, sorry, Phyllis, (laughs) she's frowning terribly at me. I'm an older photographer. Older photographer. I'm much older than you. So So let's let's use the word mature. As you become a mature photographer, (laughs) these things start to really become something that you know and feel your way through so easily. It's not even a choice that you consciously make sometimes. It just is the way that things happen. The other thing to do is to start to establish a routine around the way that you work with, especially if you work with clients, like start to get a consistent routine together because that will help you develop your style and it'll help your style show through. I have a very consistent routine and I can almost guarantee you my routine is nothing consistent compared to what Kara's probably is when she works with a client. I'm sure she has a very set way that she approaches each photo Shoot with modifications for the location and whatever the subject matter happens to be, but I could guarantee you she can almost break that down into a step-by-step process for you, where I'm a little bit what more you random. But-
0: <laughs> you know that's that's written down with a checklist, right?
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: th- I, no almost. I must-
1: <laughs> I, I love this. So, so just a sidebar note, is your checklist so you don't forget anything or is your checklist just so that you stay on track?
0: Uh, just, I want a consistency <laughs> in my client process. I have a very consistent client process. So yes, both. Yes to both.
1: <laughs> Years ago when I did wedding photography, I made up this entire workbook for the bride, but then at the end of the day, I had this double-sided shot list that I carried around in my pocket and gave a copy to my assistant so that I wouldn't forget anything. It was more because I would get so distracted and it'd be like, damn it, I didn't get the picture of the bride with the groom, you know, (laughs) because I was off chasing (laughs) butterflies over here somewhere. I never missed a bride and groom. That was an exaggeration. But... It's key to to sometimes have that so that you don't forget and get distracted. But I love that Kara uses it. It's part of your process, right? It's part of who you are and part of how you approach your photography. That, my friends, is also style. It is that plays a big component into it. I have two final comments to make. One is, If you're really working towards developing consistency in your editing, and you use software that allows you to do either actions, which would be Photoshop, or develop presets, which would be things like Lightroom, I highly encourage you to set your own presets. I made my own set of presets for Lightroom so that I had exactly what I wanted in the editing. And by the way, you don't have to do that from scratch. You can get a downloadable set of presets that you like. And then if you find yourself doing the same tweak over and over and over again, make that your own preset. So you've taken what was a core preset and you've developed it and made it into your own and developed your own style around it. And I think that's another super key point in being able to do so consistently. Presets make it easier for you to be consistent in how your editing and your photography shows up. And the final piece of advice I have, which is I know totally Kim, but break your own rules get out of your comfort box. I mean, the whole thing that I did this week with the studio photo shoot with a client, that got me out of my comfort zone. It got me creatively thinking of different ways to do things. And I have to tell you, I use my equine photography techniques now on people. And I used great techniques that I use all of the time with horses and riders, and I brought that technique to what would be considered a styled model shoot. And it really wowed the client, which was it warmed my heart extremely to see her be so happy with her images and so excited about what we created together. But I brought that out in this photo shoot. But I also broke a lot of the typical style rules that I would use. So it was fun. And it was interesting. And it gets you out of your comfort zone every once in a while. So style is not 100%. It's not something you have to follow for every image every time. And that's my two cents.
0: Well, I really hope that this episode has gotten folks thinking about their style do they have a style? What is their style? Are they going to work on developing one? What are they recognizing in other people's work that they identify a style? So that's really what we hope to share today is just to get folks out there thinking. So we hope that you have enjoyed this episode. And I don't know about you guys, but I'm really looking forward to hearing the response from it from some of our listeners. So if you follow us online, which I don't know why you wouldn't be, we are with cameras at Instagram and on Facebook. So we'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode, and we'd love for you to add your thoughts and your comments. I'm sure there's some things that we left out, and we'd love to hear what you have to add to the conversation. So just a reminder, if you are looking for your next adventure, we have several that are out there where we've got spaces still. We have our Cottonwood Ranch Equine Photography Experience in Wells, Nevada, come up this fall, and we have our Trappers Lake Lodge adventure that also still has openings. And I believe Phyllis and Kim are going to be putting out some information really soon on their Art of the Cowgirl Oklahoma. Are they calling it an Oklahoma gathering like they do the Montana? Is it Oklahoma? Okay, yes. Oklahoma gathering. So that information will be coming out really soon. If you want to get on the waiting list for that, you can shoot us an email and we can get you added to the waiting list so that you can get the information first when it comes out. Like I said, find. Us online at Cowgirls with Cameras or find us on our website at CowgirlswithCameras.com. And if you want to learn more about of our events, just navigate over to the events tab and they're all listed there for you. And we're gonna have some new updates coming soon there as well. Thank you everyone so much for listening and it was good seeing your faces, Phyllis and Kim. Good to
2: see you guys.
1: Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Cowgirls with cameras don't let the laughter and learning stop here. Join our community on social media and be sure to visit our website for more opportunities to fulfill your photography goals. Head to cowgirlswithcameras.com. That's cowgirlswithcameras.com. See you next time.